Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop. We are missionaries at Acts 29. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, and leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve her mission. Today's topic is, do I really need a job description? So we've been having some discussions with leaders lately, and uh, one in particular was talking about the need to get um, mission clarity from the parish down into the individuals and trying to figure out how, to, how do we do that? What's that process look like? And, um, and then we had a lot of good feedback recently on episode 15, cultivating high performance, which is it's a hard topic in general, and perhaps even more so in the church at times. So they've had a lot of good feedback on that one. And then... We've also been talking just kind of on our own about many other related topics to this. Um, you know, many of them keep bringing us back to the, the importance of missional clarity at the highest level. Like what, what's the mission of, of Jesus, the disciple, these kinds of things. So at the highest level mission and then down through your organization, whatever that might be, even families, right? Down to the individual level. This last part that kind of led to this topic is just the common tool of job descriptions and how those can be long and boring, more of a kind of a cover your tail process, not very dynamic, hard to maintain, uh, just more of a need to have it painful act deal. So in this episode, we want to dive really deep into roles specifically though, your role in the mission individually and how it shifts all of our typical job description thinking. You know, those poor job descriptions, they just get maligned. You know, it's one of those things where we think we need them and we, we do need clarity. And yet I, you either on a situation in our experience that it's like our organization, we don't have job descriptions and we need them. Or yeah, we have job descriptions, but they're so old and you know, they, they're horrible and they don't even say what, what they should say. And so th- this Hopefully the answer is we need clarity, not necessarily job descriptions, but we do want to talk about that as an element of missional clarity. So to do that, let, let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity to be together with my brother Nick and to talk to church leaders. We thank you for these church leaders, Lord. And we pray that uh, that we are docile and open to what you have for us to share today. We pray for the docility of the church leaders listening to this podcast. We ask that you touch their hearts in a special way that enable them to love all those who they lead, all those with whom they work. And love them in such a way that they recognize clarity of mission and clarity of purpose, clarity of roles and responsibilities is a form of love, that it brings transparency, it brings unity. So Lord, be with us today. Holy Spirit, unite us. Unite us with all those church leaders listening. Give them them clarity. Help them communicate clarity. Help them discern clarity in your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Father, and of the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Nick, uh, as as you teed it up already, 
Uh, role clarity is something that is very common. It's it's common sense, actually. It's common sense. It's in the organization design world and organization health um, outside of the church, inside of the church. Role clarity is critical. And you could read a thousand books on role clarity and the importance of role clarity. Um, do a Google search. There's a lot of great articles on role clarity. So it's this isn't a new topic and new theory from our standpoint. And we're Obviously, in the work that we do, we, we, we just appreciate those organizations that can establish role clarity. Um, we're talking about even a deeper dive on role clarity in this episode. This, this, it, role clarity could become its own cottage industry. You know, it's, it's job descriptions could become long, as you mentioned. You could do these racy charts on who's responsible, who's accountable, who's a consultant, um, who's involved, you know, and, and, it's a, and these tools can be very helpful, but it could be a big deal and, and it could just be heavy in trying to establish role clarity. Um, as a matter of fact, the power of role clarity is, is also more than evident. As a recent study that I'll just re- reference, a company called Culture Amp, one of their lead researchers did one in the last couple of months, and they were trying to figure out what are some of the factors in an organization that really contribute to net promoter scores or uh, favorable opinion scores. So as an employee, what would make me say good things about my company? And they were studying all these different attributes of the workplace. And they were looking for any anything, like if there's a 5% improvement in net promoter or favorable opinion, that's a big deal. Well, they came across a 26% factor. So it, it, it impacted by 26% the favorability of an employee. And it was something called role narratives, a role narrative. So my ability as an employee to describe my role. Well, to be able to describe my role, I have to one, know my role. And to know my role within the larger organizational role, that contributed by a mile more than anything else on net promoter or favorable opinion. Okay, so you got to know the mission of the organization. You got to know your own mission. You got to be able to explain it. So those are out there, right? This is research, and and this isn't surprising. This is reinforcing. And so what we're driving into deeper now. Imagine in the church, in the church, when you know the mission is the mission of God, and my role is my personal mission within that broader mission. How could that not be more powerful? And yet in our experience, quite often and too often, there's less role clarity inside of the church and what we're doing with each other. And so that's what we're trying to press in today. So this is really all about a mindset shift, establishing clarity for everyone from the highest level of mission down to a very practical, tangible, what do I do in the mission mindset. And it's really seen everything we do in this mindset shift as a lifestyle. This isn't like compartmentalized thinking. This is my job. This is this life. This is that life. These are my workout friends. It's like, no, everything's integrated. And that's a biblical worldview. So my mission in my work, in my mission in my family, my mission in my vocation, all of this is integrated. This is a biblical way of seeing reality as a disciple. Everything's related. Everything's integrated. Everything plays together. And this really is at the center at the heart of those three essential principles we talk about, working together for a, 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 in this case, a mindset shift on your rule clarity. So the biblical worldview we just mentioned, 
is that first essential principle, reacquiring a biblical worldview. This plays right into your role clarity on the second essential principle, which is it's not enough to be a staff. You have to be a team, but team's not biblical, as good as that is. It's got to be a family on mission. And so the, my role plays into my family. My, my family on mission, think about a parish context, maybe our, our parish family together has implications for discerning, understanding my role in the mission. And then that last third essential principle, prayerfully discerning God's plan. God, what's your plan for my life? What's your plan for my role, my missional role? What's your plan in all these areas? So those three essential principles form the, 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 the principled heart of this mindset shift around mission clarity for me. Now, let's remind ourselves very briefly, what's clarity on the mission of Jesus? So this is just riffing here. Jesus came to do what? Jesus, the Son of God, was sent by God to save us from sin and death, to restore us back into relationship to God the Father, and then to bring everything in the world, to recreate the world. He began the recreation process. So everything in the world would become come back into conformity with how God intended it to be. It would, that, that the world would look like the kingdom again. So that's the mission of Jesus. If that's the mission of Jesus, that means... What did he do? He commissioned us as his disciples to continue that work. So we participate now in the rescue mission for every single soul on earth. We participate now as disciples to restore everything that is not good, true, and beautiful yet back to that state. It's a super concrete little example. If you're a lawyer working in law, you work that all the laws, everything in your that's in your range of influence comes back into conformity with kingdom living, that it would look like how God intended it to look. So everything plays into that as a disciple. So now, boom, here's Jesus' mission. Here's our mission as disciples. And now we turn in our eyes on the mission of our particular sort of institution. Oh, man, I'm sitting here nodding, Nick. So you, so you and I are in different locations almost always when we do our podcast. And I'm I'm saying, preach it, brother. So that's, it's just a good reminder as I'm sitting there thinking we can get really caught up on our to-do lists. And we can get caught up on our, oh, my gosh, this is our agenda for our staff meeting and we kind of forget, hey, we're part of this larger mission. And it's just good to hear that every now and then. Hey, as a reminder, here's why we're here. So now as you're bringing it down to our our institution, so if I'm the head of, we're, we're a diocesan leadership team, our parish, our school, maybe it's our department within the diocese, our particular ministry, or it's our family, and so on. So constantly driving in that third essential principle, it's praying unceasingly around Lord what is it that you want us to do? What is your will? And also praying then for the courage and the wisdom and the guidance to actually be able to do it. And so whether you're using our friend Patrick Lencioni's, you know, uh, six clarity questions or whatever approach you're using to establish clarity of your team, your, your unit, your parish, your organization, your school, to keep driving for that, how the clarity plays into you know, that organizational level, because we cannot get down to individual clarity until that we're giving them that organizational clarity. And so at, so supported then by Jesus mission, the mission of disciples, the great commission. And now it's like, what's our mission within that? All right. And we're, we're constantly working with leaders on establishing that clarity. And, and then once you have that clarity, 
that unit clarity, if you will, that organizational clarity. Now we're prepared. We're in a position now to help individuals have that personal mission clarity. Rick, even as you say that, it just, it just, it bears probably repeating, you know, as leaders, we so underestimate uh, how a little lack of clarity among key leaders creates a big lack of clarity for people downstream, right? So your key volunteers, your other employees, your, you know, that, that, that a little, a little lack of clarity to treat it like a house fire and, and, and go after it right away. Otherwise you get dysfunction real quick and a lack of, you lose role clarity real quick. Yeah. And, and so what are, what is the, what's the opposite of having mission clarity or role clarity? So let's call it role ambiguity or mission ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Right now, now there's, there's waste because, oh, I thought you were doing that. Uh, or, or I was doing that too, right? I mean, that's the waste. You're both doing it. Or there's gaps. Hey, nobody was doing it. Oh, I didn't. I thought you were doing it. No, I thought you were doing it. Right? That role ambiguity. It, it breeds less transparency as well. When, when you're really open about role clarity, about mission clarity, when you're open, when, especially again, in the church context, when you're praying together, discerning prayer together, it's all out in the open. Well, what does that do? It builds more trust. You're on this journey together. It's just like we talked about episode 15 on the performance management, establishing role clarity, establishing mission clarity. Now we're using the terms interchangeably, but when we say mission, it's taking role clarity and it's saying, this is the mission of God. So you could have a role that somebody's given you an assignment and I'm real clear on my role. But when you're convinced it's your mission, that's where the power comes in. That's why we're so excited about it. That's why we think in the church, we should be the role models of establishing clarity and mission clarity and transparency and working through together. I know I got off track there a little bit. Now. Oh, that's great. I yeah. love it. So in light of this clarity we've established as leaders for everybody else, for our whole organization, we want now every individual to take this, th- these layers of clarity and consider their gifts, their skills. When I say gifts, I don't just mean like what we think about natural gifts. I mean supernatural gifts. What are those things that God just seems to do through you um, where you see real powerful movement? could be from organization to evangelizing. could be all kinds of things. What are you passionate for? What's life-giving to you and, and all of this in light of the organizational needs that have been laid out? And so we take these things, we take all this consideration, we soak it in prayer, individually and collectively. So I'm praying about it. My 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 my, super, my, uh, my supervisor's praying about it. My teammates are praying about it. It's it's a we process. It can't just be like, okay, what do I want to do now, or what do they want me to do now? It's God, what do you want us to do, and what do you want me to do as part of that? And so it's not a me and my assigned tasks mentality either. It's it's not a give me my job description, tell me what to do, and let's move on with it. It's a real missional process, and everything is important to the mission, even if you don't see it that way. There's no meaning, meaningless tasks or menial tasks here. Every part of the body is an important part of the body. So I'll try to make it really tangible for everybody listening, and that is um, here, here's an exercise that we've done and we recommend you consider. You, you take some time in prayer and you, you're praying on your role. You're praying on your individual mission and the larger mission. So this can be done 
you know, in, in, in mainly we were talking in the church setting, in an apostolate, in a, in a, in a Catholic school, in, you know, in a parish, in a diocese, but it could be in any organization. So you take it away and you, and you, you just go and you, you, you write down in bulleted form. This is not narrative form, bulleted form. What, what is my individual mission in the broader mission? And we encourage people to make sure this isn't the compartmentalized, this is what I do when I'm in the office. This is my mission includes my roles and responsibilities, maybe in the parish or my roles and responsibilities in the diocese or at the school. And I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm, uh, you know, I, my mission now is to take care of my aging parents. Uh, and, and you lay out that entire mission. And and everyone does that, and you bring it in, and you go one by one, and you describe your mission. And then even there's an element of in prayer, and here's what the Lord might be saying to me on what might need to change in my mission. And you work, you work that around, and you go around. Now, what are you doing it during doing it? While that person is sharing, you're praying also, and everybody's collectively discerning, is that the proper mission in light of what we've got going here? And so you're, you're noting things, you're noting things and you go all the way around the room and you're starting to identify, are there gaps? Is there overlap? You'll notice there's some overlap. Yeah. Ask some clarity questions and the whole person is there. That's why this mindset that Nick mentioned that this is a mindset of whole person integrated life. And because too often we're like, Oh, I'm loaded at work. I'm loaded at home. I'm loaded here and I'm not good at any of it because I just don't have the time to do it. So that exercise I'm going through, we'd say, take one of your strategic ad hoc meetings, whatever meetings you have, that forum, and be real clear in your missional role. In one of the exercises we did, it highlighted the need for another role. You know, they then that group developed what they call a chief mission officer because they're like, you know what, we're all doing our stuff, but nobody is kind of the keeper of the mission. Nobody is the one that's bringing it all together and holding us accountable for saying, wait a minute, we're doing a lot of work over there. And our meeting just spent two hours talking about a bunch of things. And we never really talked about our strategic priorities. So that that's one um, there's, and there's, there's another tool that we'll, I'll mention. And this goes back to the, one of our brothers we were talking to that Nick mentioned in the intro, they were developing a tool, which we think is great. And it's a tool that is once a year, to sit with a, a supervisor and the subordinate, just like we talk about in performance management. And, and you can make it part of your performance management process. It's the kickoff process. And that is, here's, here's you know, just a basically a blank form, but it's like, what is my mission, my description? And I'm going to go pray about it as an employee. And my boss is going to pray about it. And, and we're going to come together. And, and I'm just going to share with you, here's what I see as my mission. Is that what you see? And it does include my personal part of it as well. So they, he knows or she knows when I'm going to be maybe having to be uh, distracted or out of the office or whatever. We have, we have young kids, again, older parents, whatever it is. And now you work together, you pray on it together, you hone it together. That sets up your future discussions on how am I doing? And that feeds into the performance, cultivating high performance that we talked about in episode 15. Uh, thanks, brother. The, getting getting practical at this is so important because, um, you know, at least in my experience working with a lot of leaders, there's a lot of struggle around job descriptions and how we go about doing this. And so taking the time to really just practically sit down, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to approach this? You know, maybe you listen to the podcast and you, and you, and you take that or whatever you're going to do, just be really clear, be really intentional about getting the time on the calendar to do this. It's a worthwhile activity. It's charitable to do. It's loving to do. 
and it keeps everybody just kind of in flow in the right sense of the word. We're just flowing together in the spirit. We respect each other's roles. We appreciate it. And now we're able to stay really clear and high functioning. And whenever whenever there's transitions, you don't go back and go, well, what did they do? And like, let's get five-year-old job description now and try to figure this out. It's like, no, we we all have a fresh mind about the key needs, the key roles, the key gifts around the table. And that great, you know what, Nick, another great timing to do that is when you do have a new team member, you know, you just hired somebody. It's a great exercise to, to go around and say, here's what everybody does. Hey, welcome. Here's this person. And here's what each of them. And while you're doing that, you'll probably make some changes right there in that exercise. So it's this idea that traditional job descriptions out of this long narrative that sits somewhere that nobody looks at, it's, it's alive and I own it and I use it anytime we have a new team member and it's, it's, it's not in stone. It's ready to be updated based on that next discussion and say, hey, let's tweak that one. Or, you know, you may have had an assignment, I'm leading a project for two months. Now that one's gone. All right. Now what comes in next, perhaps? That's great. That's great. Let's talk some advice now, how we can make this even more helpful for leaders. One, one area that you reminded me of, Nick, is that not everybody works in a church. Okay. And I should know that because I didn't work in a church for 30 years. And so, um, you know, so I, I tend to often just picture you all as leaders in a church environment at a diocese or in a parish, but we know there's listeners out there that are in a secular job. And so I worked in, a, in the car industry. Now, I appreciate vehicles, but I didn't grow up as a car nut, and I'm still not, I appreciate vehicle cars. I mean, and of course, you know, my, my Ford Motor Company is the best car company ever. And so I'll always look at Ford trucks and there's nothing better made on the earth. And therefore, um, but in my mission, especially as I matured in my faith life, my mission there was less about I'm excited about cars, although that was important. I didn't want to work in an area that I didn't didn't believe in. But at the same time, I was working in human resources. My mission was how can I help people uh, be better not only employees, but better parents, better people while they're making money for the family, right? So it was like, how can I help them reduce their stress or manage stress differently? How can I help them uh, be, be, be more, have a, a work environment that's more enjoyable? And I felt that was a noble mission at that time. And I look back on it and I, and I thank God for then taking over my, my life and my spiritual life enabled me to the, by, by the end, I was even a better leader in human resources because it was part of my broader mission, which brought me joy. And I really thought I was doing more of the Lord's work until the point that he said, Hey, enough of that. Now I got you, I'm going to shift you over and do something else. And, and, it's, and it's so important to mention that too, because leaders in the church, one of our key jobs, one of the most important jobs we have is to equip the people the equipped disciples to go do the work of the disciple in the world. And so most of the people who we work with don't have church jobs, you know, if you will. So no. what, what does that mean for them? Well, it means they're, they're going to be doing what Rick just mentioned, working in the world to bring the world into conformity in every area from the car industry to insurance to whatever it might be back into conformity with how God sees kingdom living. So that's beautiful. Maybe, maybe one story that has popped up in my mind, um, for, for leadership perspective on the importance of role clarity and the importance of your role as a leader giving role clarity and the impact it can have. So this is an analogy here, but it's a real story. So just actually yesterday, um, my son, Joseph, who's five, 
he, he's been having a hard time. Emily and I, my wife and I have been noticing he's having a hard time with um, his little sister and uh, he's not very kind to her. It kind of gets after her quite a bit. And um, we've, we've been wanting to correct this behavior in him. And it's just been a bit of a battle. But yesterday was a big shift. For whatever reason, the, the Holy Spirit just had me pause watching him have this interaction with his sister that was negative. And it just occurred to me like, oh, I need to bestow on him. He doesn't know what being a man's about in this way. And so I'm going to bestow something upon him. So as his father, I just said, Joseph, 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 just stop for a second. Listen to me. One of the things that's so unique about being made a man on this world, this is just one thing to be clear. I said, is that we protect and care for women. Now you're a boy, so you're a man and, and your sister's a girl. She's a woman. So one of the things that we are called to do by God as men is to care for and serve women in a special way. Now, we should serve everybody, but we want to serve women in a special way. So I said, when you see Annie, I don't want you to anymore, you know, attack her and hit her. If you have a problem, we can talk about that. But like we do simple things like you open the door for your sister and let her go first because you're serving her as an act of love. Let me open that door for you and let you go first to just show that I love you and I'm serving you. So this is so this is so simple, right? But the rest of the day, little Joseph opened every door for Annie, made sure she oh, went nice. through, and he would say, after you, after oh, you. And, he wow, would, and the next thing he would do would look at me if I was in the area to see if I saw him, you know, learning to be a boy, a man. So this is such a silly but beautiful example to say, as a leader, don't underestimate the impact of when you say, you know, Joe. Your job here as an evangelist is to do what you just did or remind somebody, don't forget, this part of your role is so critical. It makes all the difference. And then to affirm that behavior like crazy when you see it take place. It Even as adults, it might not look like little Joseph with me, but it's just beautiful, the impact of leadership when you see it as a participation in fatherhood and the difference that can make in someone's life. And that's beautiful and a great story. Love it. And, 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 and even though maybe these are semantics on the terminology, the reason why we're fired up about mission is it's not simply somebody giving you the task. It's not, yeah, it's, it's great if it comes from someone I respect and a boss and whatever. But if you believe as Christians that it's from the Lord, now we're talking about commitment and we're talking about fulfillment and we're talking about going through adversity to deliver it versus just an assignment. I love it. Personal examples coming to life, making these things a reality. That's, that's what it's about. It's about integration. So thank you, Jesus, for a moment to just see integration. So these, these um, job descriptions, some advice on this. Another piece of advice is it's about key responsibilities and not some sort of multi-page document. That's just really heavy. So you don't, we want to avoid this heavy documentation, a ton of detail, and we also want to avoid having almost no documentation. And so simple bullet points, one pager, really clear um, and, 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 and simple is hard, but simple is beautiful and powerful because then it allows the, the person's role to have freedom to exercise that as they feel led and called to do, as opposed to feeling like, man, every single detail's on here. And if I don't check all those boxes, I'm not being successful. That, that's, that's drudgery and that's, that's painful. Yeah, there is a sweet spot between not having documentation and overdoing it. And that sweet spot is for everything we talk about. When you're talking about your, if you're doing the six questions of, of Lencioni, why we exist, how we behave, what we do, um, how we're going to succeed, what's most important right now, who does what, you know, those kinds of things. It's 
pithy. It's to the point. It's clear. If it's mission statements, if it's strategic priorities, whatever terminology you use, whatever methodology, it's it's clarity, it's pithy, it's simple, and it's the idea that you're keeping it fresh. At the highest level, you know, why we exist or what we're here for, our purpose, that won't change very often. It'll rarely change, and it might change in a lifetime. When you're down to the nitty-gritty and you're down to my roles and responsibilities, keep it fresh. Don't let it just sit. It, you, This is what we use. You're keeping things fresh. That's why we want it lean. We want it to be, uh, you know it's going to change. And, you, and you're just going to keep it relevant. Um, now, you could do it every day. There, there's, a, there's an old, again, that's beyond on the sweet spot. We're getting too far out. But maybe it is once a year, take a look. Maybe it's twice a year, take a look. Or maybe it's when you get the natural, we have a new employee coming in, new teammate coming in. Um, you know, but, but you've got to be deliberate, deliberate about it. And you've got to make sure that people recognize I was working with a, with a leadership team, a school board once, and I, and I, I went to their website and then I wrote down for the first session, their mission. I put it on the flip chart and they all come walking in and we're exchanging pleasantries, having coffee. And I see them glancing at the, at the flip chart. And then we kicked off and, and I said, uh, so, so this is your mission. And they, and they all of them said, where'd you get that? <laughs> it was it's on your website. He said, we've never seen that before. <laughs> so that'd be an indicator that perhaps it's not a living, live, valuable piece of your strategy. We have to laugh at these things. I mean, this is this is this is what we do. We get stuck in, you know, habitual ways of doing things, you know, we 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 forget stuff, but um, that just really stresses the importance of keeping everything fresh, everything in front of us, and remembering that leadership's about making the critical decisions, staying on top of the, the clarity here. So some benefits, there's many benefits we could say. You can make a big laundry list of them, but some really critical benefits from giving this kind of clarity, getting this kind of clarity on your mission is delegation gets easier. Performance management is easier. Change is easier. The need for knowing the details declines. There's a lot less micromanaging. People are more free, free in their role, free in the mission, free to be who God made them to be. There's less confusion among everybody. People are more joyful. This is huge. People are just more joyful. And then honoring others, which we just did an episode about, the critical need to honor other people is even easier to do. You know, as you list some of those benefits, that's what led us to come back to this. We we're talking about the importance of delegating, and we'll have another episode on delegation. Uh, but we said before you delegate, you need clarity on overall mission, because you can delegate, but but then it's like you're relying on exactly what I was told to do, rather than ooh, I know the mission. You've given me enough, like Jesus did. I've given you enough. Now go do it, like God does to us as our Father. He gives us enough. Now go do it. Go figure it out. Uh, let me share a, maybe a, a basketball or a, or a soccer image. You know, you want you might say that, hey, I'm playing basketball. Our, our goal is to win, win this game, win the league, win the tournament. And yet if we use that as an analogy for what we're talking about here, that, that there's this bigger mission. And so you could say I'm in this league, whether it's a men's league or it's like the NBA, whatever it is. There's this larger, larger, larger mission. It's not just winning the game. It's not winning the championship. So let's let's use an example of like a World Cup soccer team 
versus, you know, a premier league or some other, you know, it's like when you're representing your country. So if you're playing for Brazil, I mean, it is, it is like a religion or Argentina. Uh, and, and you've got, this is the world cup. I lived in Mexico city for a while during the world cup one time, it was actually in Germany, but just to see the country rally around El Tri, they called it, you know, Los Colores. And, and so it's like for them, it's like, we are behind this because you're representing the country. So as it, you know, it's like, what is that larger thing? You want to, yes, you want to win it all. And you want to represent your country well. It's way beyond that. You're representing that country. It's a grander scale. Represent the country. We want to do it well. So you might be a star on that team. Like you're a star in the NBA, but now you're playing to win the gold medal for the United States. And so now we have a different mission within the mission. So we get this broader mission. Certainly there's a winning it. There's a do our best. There's a do all we can. And there's also a represent well. Now, every one of those players, especially in basketball or in soccer, they all have certain basic skills, just like a disciple. We all need to have certain basic skills. They could all be the one that's going to score. They could all be the one that's going to do this or that or be the starter or sit the bench. And, 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 and when it's unhealthy, they're more focused on, I'm not getting my glory. I'm not getting my headlines. I'm not getting the recognition. I'm not getting enough playing time. And, but yet when they're at that higher mission, it's like, I know, I know my role. And, and we're going to be real clear, my role now. And in the strategy of this particular game, I might have to be more focused on defense and stop the best player than I am scoring. And then some other times it's like, you're going to be the person scoring. We're going to feed you the ball. We're going to keep running these plays until you're going to be the one scoring. And so if we use that as this analogy that we could complain about, I want to do that. I want to do that. Uh, I have passion about that, but it also is an element of it. So you're working it together. But as long as we're buying in, we're discerning this together, and then we play our position. And our position then is our individual mission that's underneath that larger mission. And so who are we representing? What are we representing as we're doing whatever it is that the Lord has put us in place to do? It's a great analogy because we should all be more fired up. I know it's hard to do. We all struggle with it, but we should be more fired up that we are disciples of Jesus on mission, participating in some way than what the particular role is. Uh, thanks, Rick, for that. that, that and, if we, and if we are not sure that, that that's the role right now, keep working it. Keep praying. Keep discerning. We're In future episodes, we're going to talk about some, some major discernment that happens, and it's natural, and it's good. And sometimes we might make a mistake and say, I thought that was the Lord and that was me being selfish and I made some mistakes. That's fine. Let's get right back on it and say, Lord, help me learn from that one and let me follow your will. Let me have the courage to do what, what it is I believe you're telling me to do. Amen. Well, let's let's bring this before the mission challenge uh, to a couple of great quotes. One from Mother Teresa. She says, do small things with great love. That changes the world doing small things with great love. So whatever your role is, be it to be the, the the star who gets a lot of, a lot of who's seen a lot or the person who's rather unseen, whatever it might be, do many things, all things, small things with great love and you will change the world. And then from scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, I'm just going to read this to you to remind you that all of this is rooted in love and without love, it's meaningless. Here's 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So all of this role clarity, all of this is demands charity and great love so that disciples can be free, can be joyful, and can realize more than ever who they are and how God's using them to work in his kingdom. So especially you leaders in the church, you leaders in the church, nobody else in your parish, in your diocese, in your apostolate, in your school is discerning the strategy for your organization, except you. You are the leadership team. So those of you who are responsible for that, and what's the driving motivation to get that clarity of mission is love. If you truly love the people in your team, if you truly love the people you're serving, you're going to drive for that clarity. So thank you for those quotes, Nick. All right, let's get to the mission challenge. So there's a fourfold uh, mission challenge. It starts with this mindset shift we talk about. So most importantly is that mindset shift. Take it to prayer. Ask for the grace of a mindset to always have this on. You never turn off this discernment, this searching for mission clarity. It's getting rid of Christendom thinking. It's praying for the wisdom. It's praying for the courage to actually do what the Lord has for you. But it's this, hey, this is it. I'm, everything in my life is connected and part of the mission. If there's things that pull me away from the mission, I have to get rid of it or I have to change it. And if there are things that are helping me achieve the mission, I have to enhance it. All right, so that's number one is this mindset shift. Let's pray for that mindset shift. It's, it, this is what we say when we say have a biblical worldview. It all comes together for the mission that we're on. That's number one. Number two, as a leadership team, you're, you have to continue to always be honing your clarity for your organization or as parents for your family or for, um, for, for your department, whatever that is. So you're always honing the clarity. How do you do that? You do that with your annual reviews. You might have quarterly offsites. You have these strategic ad hoc discussions that we talked about or your weekly staff meetings you call them your tactical meetings, but all of those have to be deliberately tied to the overall mission. We could get distracted and the devil distracts. We know that. And he can give you a bunch of issues that have come up or a bunch of information sharing that have to come up. And that takes all of our meeting time. And we never really go back and even review, like I mentioned in that story, I don't even know what our mission is. Okay. So that's what you're doing. You're, you're constantly honing and be deliberate about it. You recognize that this is ongoing all the time. So that was number two. As a leadership team, you're always honing the clarity for the mission. And the same, this number three is is the same at department levels. So you might be on the leadership team, but you might be the head of another department. Well, that department has the next level of mission clarity. You're constantly revisiting. All right, are we on the right path? Are we delivering what we said we're going to deliver? That could be done through annual meetings, your quarterly offsites, et cetera. So what you're doing as an overall leadership team, you're also doing as a department, you're doing it as a family. And lastly, now we get down to the individual. So in light of this clarity, in light of this mindset, as an individual, there's the role clarity to schedule those discussions with every individual. So you're having team discussions, whatever your team unit is. Hopefully it's a family on mission. 
You also need the individual discussion, just like our performance management discussions. The, the, the boss, if you will, and the subordinate or the employee and the supervisor, however you, what terminology you use. But each of you bring to prayer, what is the mission that I have now? And it's that comprehensive mission. It includes your personal vocation. It includes your role in the parish, your role in the diocese, and you bring it back after prayer. And as the employee, as the missionary, you're sharing, here's what I see as my mission. Here's my comprehensive view of my mission. And you have that discussion, and that sets the foundation for any conversations later about how is it going? What are you doing well? How do you even get better? So the clarity of my mission, and it includes everything. Be real clear in that sweet spot of detail, not too much written documentation, but not just having good discussions. It's enough of the bullets that you can always go back and reference. This is where I am. This is what I do. And so that's fourfold. I'm going to go over them one more time. So it's the mindset shift. This is ongoing. We're praying unceasingly for unceasingly for clarity of mission from highest level all the way down to individual. It's a mindset as a leadership team, you're continuing to hone the strategy, the same for departments or that next level. And then ultimately every individual to have that role clarity, at least on an annual basis, that sets the stage for their ongoing performance and contribution throughout the year. That's the mission challenge. Beautiful. Well, let's pray for you as leaders to activate this, to do it, make it real. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you for the gift of every listener and every leader in your church. We thank you, Father, that you have plans for us to prosper, to grow, to develop, to learn, and to just keep getting better every day. Father, right now we ask you to send the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name to just fill every leader with a new mind and a new heart that they would take the time to hear you speak into any and all of the, the work of finding their role, of leading other people to learn their role. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll give leaders the courage to do this, the wisdom to discern gifts, and anywhere they need um, uh, peace if they're in turmoil about these things or about a particular situation they have on their hands. I just pray that you'll bring them your consolation, that you have a way out, Jesus, no matter where they find themselves, that you have a path out of whatever challenges or difficulties they, they encounter. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nick. All right, that's it for episode 23. Go find your mission clarity. <laughs>